Six Podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Will Brinson. Tuesday, July 16th, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. If you're new to these parts and you arrived here via viral, like, via viral tweet or something like that, because I posted, uh, subscribe to my SoundCloud. Thanks for jumping on. Excited to, uh, have training camp getting started this week. We're daily throughout the entire NFL season, uh, today. Oh, by the way, if you like golf, and who doesn't like golf? I love golf. My favorite major of the year. That's Jason Lockenfora. Not a golf fan. You, you don't like golf? No, I don't like golf. If I had to, if I had to quit. I mean, I guess I, at some level I have an appreciation for it. Like, I understand the difficulty of it. Um, I get, like, I don't, I'm not like a golf hater or golf agnostic or whatever. Like, no, I guess I'm an agnostic, not like an atheist. Like, I understand, like, why people love it or whatever. I, I just, I, I, I'd rather have my pinky toe gnawed off than like sit through eighteen holes and watch hit golf balls. Well, well, Jason, that's just me. But you know what? I don't really like any individual sport. Like I don't think I like. I was thinking about it the other day. I don't care about tennis. Like as a kid, I loved tennis and Von Lendl and Bjorn Bjorg and Jimmy Connors and all. Like I don't care about tennis. Like again, I appreciate it. I get that what they're doing is amazing. I just. Did you watch the? Did you watch? The, me. Did you watch the Wimbledon final? No, God no, not one second of it. <laughs> ah, I watched the Wimbledon final and then I went out and hit tennis balls afterwards at uh, at our at our club uh, because uh, you know nice. it's it's not that nice club. It is, it's an awesome club. It's just not like it's not swanky or anything. But more importantly, the fourth and final golf major of 2019 is here, and the first cut podcast. With Kyle Porter, Mark Emmelman, and Chip Patterson, we'll have you covered all week long to break down the Open Championship. Uh, they're going to do a preview podcast on Tuesday, as well as post-round analysis after round two on Friday, and following the final round on Sunday. Uh, there's nothing better in my mind. My favorite major is the, is the British, the Open Championship, if you will, because I, it's the only time of the year I get up at 5.30 in the morning uh, during the week, and I spend an hour and a half without my family bothering me because my son will sleep till at least seven. Make some coffee, watch the British. It's quiet. You feel it's it just it, the, there's no they're under the same pomp and circumstance. It just feels it's just, it's just delightful. Um, and I will be listening to the First Cut podcast for coverage of Royal Portrush all week long. You should do the same. Make sure and check it out in Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, wherever the hell else you get your podcast. Check out the first cut with Kyle Porter, Mark Immelman, and Chip Patterson all week long. More importantly, we have NFL talk to get to, Jason. Um, and uh, first things first, over, I guess it was over the weekend or maybe late in late last week, there was a lot of buzz about... Uh, about the uh, the 18 game season and the possibility that we could see 18 games in the near future. What would you say on a like? What's your percentage of actually seeing an 18 game season in the near future? I would say it's like 20 percent if we're talking about within the next CBA. Yeah, I I don't think it's likely. I particularly don't think the 18 what I'm calling the 18 slash 16. Um, Proposal and people are couching it as a proposal. Maybe that's a bit strong, um, but suggestion, uh, hypothetical, whatever. And to be clear, I the eighteen the eighteen sixteen is t- every team plays eighteen games in in the year, but each no player, player can perform in more than sixteen of them. Right, right. Um, what I, you, I just yeah. haven't heard anybody on either side of the aisle give me any sense that that's something they saw as remotely. Um, 
feasible. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense, you know. Like it, if the the issue here is the core issue, and Goodell has been saying this staunchly on the record for years, is that they need to find a way to curb what is the current state of preseason football, right? You got too many non-NFL players playing in too many games masquerading as the NFL product while people are being charged NFL prices, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm missing something here, but 1816 basically takes that problem and injects it into the veins of a playoff race in the regular season. (laughs) No, you're right. You're taking the, the one thing the NBA gets hammered for more than anything else, and you're literally legislating it and writing it into your game, mandating it. These coaches, what's their primary complaint? What do they hammer on more and more and more about when you ask about the state of the game and quality of play and why offensive linemen and some quarterbacks don't develop? What do they say? No time to work with their players in the offseason. And just not enough practice time in general, right? No, right. Two, no more two-a-days, only one padded practice a week. Now you're going to have to pick out one-ninth of your schedule in games that actually matter and figure out how much time you need to coach up your threes to get them to be twos and in some cases ones. Like, the biggest problem with the league right now, some would say, from a quality of play standpoint, is you don't have even 10 good offensive lines in the league. So what happens when the bad ones have to figure out which two offensive linemen don't we play this week so that we never reach a point where we're down to one starter, right? They, they can't coach up five guys now. They're supposed to have 10 ready to play? Come on. You know what I mean? So when you talk to football people about this, they're like, how, how, are, are, like what planet am I living on? You know what I mean? We're fighting to have one quarterback. Now I need to have two. You know, what happens when injuries hit and they're going to? Now my fours have to become twos. Like, how am I juggling my offensive and defensive line? Are we going to have an unlimited cat? Like, is this going to be like, you know, Alabama and we got 100 kids on scholarship and 15 more walk-ons? Like, you know, I, come on. It, it doesn't make a lot – I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense because – you also, you know, there's the, this been thrown out like, all right, quarterbacks will play 18 games, but everybody else will only play 16 games. I mean, that's, that's sounds fine, I guess. Are you now going to, are you going to extrapolate quarterback salaries? You have to pay them even more. Exactly. Like, you know right, what I mean? How are you right. going to figure out, we can't figure out the simple things in this game. They can't define a Hail Mary, right? They yeah. couldn't define a Hail Mary and they basically gave up trying, but they're going to sort this out. Okay, so here's here's my other thing too, Jason, and I, I've been trying to say this, and I don't. I said it on radio, and I, I want to point it out here too, though. But like with the CBA, the, the, okay, they. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to say about whether they get a CBA done before this year, whatever. I mean, at some point they're going to do a new CBA. I don't think that you can get. How in the hell are they going to get an eighteen? They're not. They're not going to negotiate eighteen games into this next CBA in the next two years. Players aren't going to be willing to do that. And if they wanted to do a band aid CBA for three or four years and then revisit it down the road, that's fine. But then you have to do band aid broadcast contracts because you lined them up with the old CBA. Right. I just don't see how there's the time uh, you know, and functionality for this. I think it's a stalking horse. It's been leaked for a reason. But to me, it's actually a positive because if training camps haven't even opened up yet, and they're and like they're far enough along that where they're they're jockeying for fake leverage through things that they don't even think are going to happen. You know what I mean? That tells me that the that they're what I've been reporting since the combine, which is they got way more of this done than anybody you know knew at the time or will know for quite some time. Like they're, they're still heading down that path. You know, like there, there's enough there there that now we can haggle over things that both sides know we're not going to get, but maybe it gets us even a little closer to the middle. You know, and and we do. 
really horse trade on a couple of things that are more moderate. But in the meantime, let's leak these extreme extremities like, you know, the NFL PA letter, like, you know, prepare for the sky is falling, prepare for gloom right. and doom. You know what I mean? It could be a multi-year work stop. Like they've got to do that. You know what I mean? But if you're already doing that now, it tells you they're, they're pretty far into the process because the thing that the current one doesn't even end for years. Yeah. But, no, that was like in the last CBA. It's like, these are like perfunctory requirements of media negotiations is the PA has to leak but, out. We'll hold out for years. And the NFL has to leak out. We want 18 games. It's like, just, just right. go in the past. That happens like three to six months before the thing's over or before somebody has a chance to opt out. Like here it's happening two and a half years before it has to. Yep. Absolutely. Do you, all right. What do you, do you think a new CBA gets done before the 2019 season? I think that's ambitious. Um, I, Heard all along that 2020, you know, that by the, that, that by the 2020 off season, by the end of the 2019 season, sometime in early 2020, that, you know, reasonable minds thought that they, um, could get something done. I mean, could they crank it up and get it done by September? I mean, possibly, but it's when you have to finally rat, like if you're talking to me, like done, done, like fully ratified, all the signatures there. You know what I mean? Everybody's applied their John Hancock. Every set of eyes that would ever possibly need to look over it has read the entire document and signed off on it. No. Um, you know, could they could they have agreed on the the template of it and maybe it comes to a vote at the October meeting, you know what I mean? Or or more likely, you know, that March twenty twenty meeting, right. um, the spring meeting, right around what, it's usually a week or so in the free agency, ten days in the free agency. Uh yeah, I think that's probably more re- realistic right now. Um I'm sure between now and September there'll be more skies falling stuff and you know you'll you'll have a lot of stuff thrown thrown around but the reality is they see the need for this now because of the looming um jackpot that gambling yep looks like it will be and because if we get labor peace now, that allows us to start hammering away at our broadcast partners. I mean, those deals still have, what, four seasons left on them? If we could start hammering away and whittling through that with three left, then by the time two are left, we probably, you know what I mean, already know what that what those are going to look like and how much more money that's going to bring into the process. Uh, I, I just think both sides see that the, the business of football is so robust right now, and the pie only continues to grow. And I just kind of chuckle back at, like, I guess what it would have been the fall of 2018. Football was over, right? Nobody's watching anymore. Nobody cares. Guys yeah, kneeling. Yeah. Oh my God, it's going to end the game. You know what I mean? President literally cursing an NFL. Like that was supposedly football Armageddon, right? Nobody's playing the game anymore at the grassroots. Like all that stuff. Concussions. Dude, every, every owner is getting stroked to check for $275 million. <laughs> There's a lot of, there were a lot of straw man, uh, ratings debates, you know, like, like, oh, well, if the rating. Well, yeah. Is, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you, you want to compare them to pre Netflix, pre, you know what I mean? Pre, um, a la carte cable and all the, and, and, and pre the boom of, of in hand technology and all that. Sure. Like not as great as they've ever been. If you want to compare it to anything else on the boob tube the last five years, you know what I mean? Or in the history or, you know, in, in, in cable reality history. In other words, not when you only had three channels, like it stands up incredibly well. Now, does that mean that you're automatically going to sell all your ad volume ASAP for a, you know, Tampa versus Jacksonville Thursday night game? No, you know, like, uh, but 
the four o'clock windows, the one o'clock windows, the Sunday night windows. The, the, I mean, they're, that's the best thing cooking on television. You can't beat it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think that I agree with you. It's too ambitious to get it done before the twenty nineteen season because of all the all the requirements that go go into it. But I do think that there's a a good chance that, like, when you actually look at the things that need to get accomplished, you basically need to figure out the revenue share. As it relates to gambling, as it relates to the broadcast deals, and I think that just becomes a whole pie, and you figure out, all right, you know, are we in, are we in a good spot with that? I think it was what, 5149 or whatever it is now, right. or like, do we need a 5050? What, you know, what, what numbers do we need to make both sides happy? And then let's, let's deal with these quote unquote big picture issues like Goodell's uh, authority on discipline, the marijuana issue, but stuff that is actually easy to figure out. It just, it just it just draws headlines because it's well, a bigger and issue. And that stuff they've made a lot of headway on. Right. And again, I'll just go back to my reporting in February. They had already made a, a lot of headway on, um, I won't say a new drug policy, but a sense that this draconian one was going out the window and that marijuana was going to be addressed differently. Now, could, could everyone have told you exactly in, in the same wording what it would look like? No, but there was enough of a wink-wink, hey, we're kind of there on that. We're close enough to there on that. And, you know, the commissioner's authorities are going to change a little bit. Let's be real. This is Goodell's last CBA, right? I mean, yeah. he, he, no one's even pretending that he's going to be around for the duration of the next one. He's there to get the next one done. So, you know, that role could be changing, and I would say very likely to change, in terms of how much power they have in off-field matters. And the, and the league needs to, you know, look, the way that they're adjudicating these off-field things isn't working. So that's going to change um, to some degree, and they probably already know more than they're, they're letting on, you know, what that might look like. Well, we, but um, we, we've been saying, we've been saying for months and years that, like, this is something that's going, these are the marijuana policy, the drug policy, and the commissioner discipline are two things that are just factually going, phone. they're going to change in the next CBA, but the, and the NFL, if they, if they weren't worried about the bargaining aspect of it, they would already change them, but they want to hold out and make sure they can use them as actual bargaining chips, right? Yeah, and I think, but again, some of these, they already know, like, that we're going to give you a give back there. And so people are like, well, what does the PA have to give? Well, the PA give could just be, we won't we're not going to, okay, yeah. you give us this and that, and we're not going to string this out another year trying to get guaranteed contracts and trying to uh, uh, eradicate the franchise tag. Because we know, just like you were never opening up your books to us, you know what I mean, eight <laughs> years ago, yeah. you're not giving that back. You know what I mean? You're never going to give that back. Right. So, like, some of it could just be, okay, it's your 100th season. You'd love to be able to announce this sooner rather than later. We all want to get cracking at those broadcast negotiations and the gambling talks. So, all right. You know what I mean? You give us that, and we just won't. You know what I mean? We're not going to fight for things that we're probably never going to get anyway. You know I mean? There's different sort of, uh, you know, there's a nuanced way that that you can kind of get faster where you want to go without necessarily saying, okay, we're going to give you 18 games or we're going to give you, you know, this change to IR you might want to make, you know, or that change. But And I think they're also more like – I get the sense that the football people are having more of a say in this than yeah. probably in the past than the lawyers and the negotiators. And I think in terms of football issues, these labor and management aren't as far off as you would like as you would think. Like coaches want bigger rosters too. Like players want to have okay, more players means more money means more salaries means more 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 money in the pot. 
But the coaches want bigger rosters, you know? Right. The coaches want to be able to use all 53 players on game day, not just 46. And the coaches would love to have more than 53 available to them. And some of them would love to have a separate IR for concussions like baseball, you know what I mean, where that doesn't trim into your numbers as much. And, you know, you don't have to worry from week to week about a guy on that list because he could be there for a nebulous amount of time and you get, you get to use that roster spot from somebody else in the meantime. So I think there's more alignment on football matters than, than people would suspect. And I think economically there's not going to be massive fundamental changes. And then the social aspect of it, commissioners' powers, how they handle off-field things, drugs, that stuff, I think the league realizes that the way they're doing it right now, if you, if you, you, know, if you try to do that another eight years, I don't think it's going to be a 10-year deal, but let's say it's a six- to eight-year deal that doesn't start for two more years. You know what I mean? What if, what if marijuana is legal in every state in the union? You know what I mean? Right. Midway through that CBA. Then, like, really? You know what I mean? Like, why? Like, why? Do we, is that, do we still want to have this policy that now looks like it's completely outdated? I mean, not even completely outdated, just a, a total waste of time. Like, you're test, you're the only people in the country. Yeah, still, you're testing still for something testing. that, whatever. Yeah, yeah. At that point, 45 states have said we don't care. Yeah. Test for alcohol while you're at it, guys. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, that's enough CBA talk for the more, for, for right now. We do want to talk about some franchise tag guys and people who are unhappy with their contracts. We will take a quick break and be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Okay, so the franchise tag, unlikely to go away, as Jason just mentioned before the break. I, I agree with you completely. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if they figured out some way to, it's like, I mentioned this, maybe if you've had seven years of service for one team, or ten years of service in the NFL, you shouldn't be eligible for the franchise tag. Like Robbie Gold, shouldn't be eligible for the franchise tag, but uh, he got tagged anyway, and it didn't matter because he signed a long-term deal uh, on Monday, uh, not yet announced by the 49ers as of this recording, um, but it looks like Gould is going to stick around San Francisco for at least two years, and maybe four, right? Yeah, depending on um, – it's at least a two-year deal. It could be as long as a four-year deal. I mean, let's be real. When we're talking about a kicker, like it's it, it's always year to year. There's some guaranteed money in year two, but it's, it's, it's going to give him more security. It's going to make him at least know that um, he should be there at least two years. But beyond that, you know, a lot can happen. I mean, kickers. Remember when Dan Bailey was the hottest thing going? Yeah. Remember when, you know what uh, I mean? And then uh, six months later, he's like, "Oh yeah, we're we're going in a different direction." Like, it, it's that's 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 that seems to be because I wrote a column about this before I went on vacation. But start looking around, how many teams have guys who, if they had to play a game today, would be their starting kicker, who's appeared in you know less than thirty, the equivalent of thirty-two games, or in a lot of cases, the equivalent of sixteen. 
it's it's pretty staggering. Well, it's it's hilarious because Robbie Gold was a pretty good kicker for Chicago for eleven years. Oh, they take him back in a minute, I think. Yeah, but I remember he got dumped because his the final two years of of in Chicago when he was in Chicago, age thirty two and thirty three, back in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen, he quote unquote only made eighty two point four percent of his field goals. Um, made a hundred percent of his kicks for the Giants the following year, and has made right. uh, over ninety six percent of his kicks for the Forty ers in two years. What I mean, I I get I look, it's fine. It's a team option according to a report for for Robbie Gold. So you know, it's two years, and then if they want to pick it up for the f- next two years, right. that's great. We'll see. They, it's a two year deal, right? I mean, he's going to be thirty eight. They're probably not going to do that. Yeah. But I think if you're the Forty ers you know that you need a good kicking game because. This is a pretty big season for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Yeah. Uh, for the Bears, I mean, what the hell are they doing? This is, they're having like this bizarre kicking competition that's going to, I mean, like it could be its own version of hard knocks, like just Bears kickers on hard yeah, knocks. Yeah, it could be a reality show. Seriously, it, it, it could. Um, <laughs> guess if you've got six, you've got none, huh? I mean, I, I, you know, I know they whittled it down some after that last kicking competition, but that, that's, I think that's far from over and, what I've heard on that one is that if, if by the second preseason game there doesn't appear to be a guy, then I could see them reaching out to some of the many veterans who are on the street right now, um, you know, who because of their years in the league would have to make substantially more money than these kids they're bringing in off the street. But I would not be surprised at the end of the day if they end up with a kicker who you've heard of before. Mm, um, but that will be a story for the middle of August. Is that is that like – are you suggesting, uh, like R- Roberto Aguayo or like, uh, Cody Parkey back? I mean, like, what's, 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 what's the implication there? No, I mean, it, it could be somebody like that. Nick Novak. I don't know. You know what I mean? Somebody who's done the job before. You know what I mean? Like somebody who's, who's kicked in games that matter and, you know what I mean? Maybe even, you know, kicked for a playoff team. Like okay. somebody, somebody you've heard. I'm, I'm not, I don't have like a, you know what I mean? Like you're going to have, what I heard is, they realize what they have is less than ideal. They're going to give these guys through maybe half the preseason to see if somebody is running away with the job. If they're not, they could bring in four or five dudes you've heard of before. You know what I mean? Have another kicking competition, sign that the guy who wins that competition, and then see what he does for the you know the next two weeks of the preseason. And then if he craps the bed, then maybe you go back to the well before the season starts. Okay, so it's a total bleep show in Chicago. Good, good enough. Well, they don't have a kicker right now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but that doesn't mean that somebody that they have under contract or somebody that they bring in for a workout won't have turned the corner. I mean, that's the other thing about these guys is, again, I mentioned how many dudes have had less than a year or two experience. Well, they, they all, you know what I mean? They've all been cut and waved and come back someplace else and, you know what I mean, kicked in somebody else's camp. And sometimes, you know, you, you find your way. All right. Well, the Bears need a good kicker because without a good kicker, they uh, they might end up in the same position they did last year. Decent team that blows it in the postseason. Melvin Gordon, set to make $5.6 million this year, came out before the weekend and said, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I'm curious what you think, JLC. Um, he, you know, his agent basically came out and let it be known that he wants to get paid now or he's going to demand a trade. And then Melvin sort of walked it back a little bit and didn't seem like he wants to – demand any kind of trade or like he's not going to walk out how serious well, is this possibility for a holdout for a guy on his fifth year option i don't think he's showing up for the start of camp 
without a new deal. And I, I think he'll be willing to be, to be stuck in for a, a significant period of time if need be. I don't know that there's a feasible trade out there anywhere. You know, I mean, I spent the weekend sort of just going over different scenarios. And I, I just don't – I mean, it's not just that – like the Chargers aren't going to give him away, right? So the char- it's, it's not just so much that, oh, you can't get anything from Melvin Gordon. You can't. There'll be people who give you something. Even then, it's a small market of teams. But somebody would give you something of value from Melvin Gordon. But then they got to go around and – you know what I mean? To get him to play, yeah. we got to then go pay you, you know, whatever, you know – 85% of Todd Gurley money or whatever that percentage turns out to be. That's, that's the part. Like, nobody's going to want to do both. You know? Like, Le'Veon Bell could have been traded last year, and he wasn't. Right. And that was before the thing lasted a whole no- – you know what I mean? Lasted a whole season and wiped all that out. Like, I, I just don't see a trade being the answer. And I don't see him sitting out a whole year because the contract just in essence tolls, and now you're a year older, and they still have your rights for three more years, you know? They still have the, the – the tolling contract plus two more franchises they could play around with. I think at the end of the at the end of the day they get something done. I don't think it's a six year mega contract, but maybe couches that. But I think he gets more money in his pocket right now, and they buy at least one of his franchise years. Um, see that maybe a little bit more. But right. I, I think there's a two year bridge contract to be done. Okay, see that was what I suggested on the podcast, and I'm actually like as we're we're recording this uh, around lunchtime on on Monday, just for the record, in case you know some Melvin Gordon contract drops. But like I'm writing that right now, like Melvin Gordon. Here's a simple solution to make the running back and the Chargers happy. I don't, if you're Tom Telesco, why not go to Melvin Gordon's people and be like, look, we will give you what amounts to a air quotes three year. $31 million deal where you basically buy out his rookie year, his fifth year option. It's basically a two year extension added onto his rookie option right. where you buy out his two franchise tags years. He gets guaranteed cash in his pocket now. You, and then you don't have to worry about ever giving Melvin Gordon another contract because the next time right. he wants and, money, and he's a free agent. Yeah. I mean, the reality is how many five year deals actually have real money in them beyond year two or year three anyway? I mean, they don't. And he's not going to want to necessarily be tied down into his early thirties. And, um, you know, now maybe you put it, maybe, maybe it's a three year deal with an opt out for him after two, if he hits certain performance thresholds, you know, or if the, um, the financials of the, you know, if somehow what a franchise tag would cost right now projected for a running back in say 2021, changes dramatically because, you know, whatever, a bunch of crazy things happen. I, I don't think that anything like crazy would happen. But either way, you put protections for both sides in there. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a Band-Aid deal to be done. Not not that unlike this Robbie Gold thing, you know what I mean? Where, yeah, if everything fell into place, it's more than a two-year deal, but he's got a way to get out after two, and we've got a way to let him out after two or three if we have to. And... He's got much more money in his pocket right now. You know, you put a big, you know, a decent signing bonus in front of him. So he's got, you know, those guarantees that he can actually go out and spend and invest or whatever right now rather than having to wait for it. I, I think there's I, – I just I, – I see that as a salient solution. It's like the David Johnson deal. I mean, you don't, you don't need to go all the way up to $39 million, but, I mean – you know, Melvin doesn't have that sort of production that David Johnson did. I would say the – 
health is relatively awash between those two guys. Melvin's played more full seasons, but has missed plenty of time. But you like, I mean, like yeah. the Cardinals, I mean, for as bad as the Cardinals have done things over the past few years, they're in a good spot with David Johnson because they have him locked into a contract through 2021 when he turns 30. Well, and you, you cut and they had, they, there were things that broke in their favor. I mean, right. he missed, you know what I mean? He missed almost an entire season, right? Right. And the Le'Veon Bell thing became a cluster. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he walked away from what was on the table, and the Steelers didn't go super crazy or anything. And, you know, he had to sit. Well, I mean, he ended up sitting the whole year. So, yeah, I think, at the, you know, running back market, I really think that the girly contract won't be a game changer. I think people will look at the girly contract the way they used to look at the Nomni Asimov contract for corner. Ooh, you know what I mean? A, when he went to Oakland and got yeah. that, you know, yeah. got that mind bender but then nobody came that close or what the Adrian Peterson tur- contract turned out to be for running backs, which was a complete outlier. You mean the, the, the Nomdi, uh, Eagles contract, right? When he left the Raiders, for he the, get, no, when he, cause he remember he, he left the, he left the Raiders. He left the Raiders and went to the Eagles, but I believe he got an extension with Oakland. That was ridiculous. I mean, did he, did, did he get multiple disaster? I, when he got to the Eagles, I think he had already – I believe he had already been extended by the Raiders and then played that out and got to the market. Uh, like the Eagles – the Eagles got him in like year seven or eight, right? I mean I, – Maybe so. Maybe – I mean, you have a – you got your Google machine right there? I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, he got – oh, yeah, he got – yeah, I guess – yeah, maybe it was because he was only with the Eagles for three seasons. No, he signed like a $52 million free agency deal with the Eagles. And it was a night. Right, but I think I think that ended up with I think it was less than what he was making already in Oakland. Oh, maybe so. Maybe he was already. Oh, yeah, he did sign. I guess he got a huge con. Anyway, the point being is that like it was an albatross of a deal, and he and like and it it, well, it, it just it, stuck out. It didn't bring it didn't bring everybody else up. You know what I mean? It's right. just at that point people were like, well, that's Al Davis. You know what I mean? Like right. that's just you know what I mean? He's he falls in love with players sometimes, and you know. Just, it just ended up being one of these things is not like the other. And with Gurley, just again, given the way that season went and just given the way people continue to treat running backs and given the way there'll be three more kids who were taken on the second day of this draft, right, who play that position, who who fantasy people by week three are clamoring to claim, and you know what I mean, who become yeah. like storylines. Like the Kareem Hunt, the way he burst on the scene, that's not the anomaly. You know what I mean? Paying a running back re- – Remarket setting money after year three, that's going to be the anomaly. Yeah. Like Le'Veon Bell hit free agency. That's the cap. Like Todd, I guess that's the point of this is that Le'Veon Bell is the absolute cap for what a running back is going to get moving forward. He's getting 13.125 million per year. David Johnson at 13. I think if you're, that's why if you're Melvin Gordon and the Chargers, there's this window between Devonta Freeman at 8.25 and David Johnson at 13 where you're like, just land somewhere in there. Figure it out and don't and don't worry about the you know another contract for the next. And I, years. I think yeah. I I think they will. Yeah. You know, and I think the Chargers. Let's be real. Um, like, how much do we think Melvin Gordon is going to be? In the, like, he was banged up last year. I thought he he came back as soon as he possibly could, and maybe even sooner than. I mean, he wasn't right down the stretch, right? But they. He gutted it out, and then he was gutting it out in the playoffs and was sort of in and out of games again. 
I don't think he's going to want to go. You know, like I think he, he he's at the end of the day, there's going to be enough on the table right. where he's going to want to take the bird in hand. He didn't. You know he, what I mean? And I think the Chargers saw that, right? And they saw the deal that had to go through with their tight end and Bosa and all that. And they saw the team that they're going to share a stadium with, right? Play nobody in the preseason, right? Yep. And go to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think Melvin Gordon was going to see a snap in a preseason game anyway. Right. I mean, Melvin so Gordon, like if this goes into August, unless he shows up 280 pounds and he's not going to, you know what I mean? This guy is dedicated. Like he killed himself to come back last year when he was still making, you know, peanuts on a relative scale. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I think this is one we're obsessing about right now because there's nothing going on. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But like, I don't think this is Chris Johnson versus the Titans. You know what I mean? Of like years back, and I don't think this is Le'Veon Bell versus the Steelers. I think um, there's enough smart people in the room here that they know July doesn't really matter, August doesn't really matter. We're a Super Bowl or bust team. This was not a guy we wanted to expose to anything close to contact in the preseason anyway. And you know what I mean? If they get something done in the middle of August. And I think it's going to whatever whatever it's presented as. I think at its core, it's going to be a, a you know a two year deal, maybe a two year plus some some money in year three, but not enough money that it makes it um, a fait accompli that he's back if something you know turns for the worse. Yep. And everybody will you know everybody will be fine. Well, and also let's not forget that like Melvin Gordon, for as good as he's been, he has one season over fifteen hundred total scrimmage yards. I mean, Todd Gurley had. 2,093 scrimmage yards in 2017, 19 total touchdowns. He looked like, you know, this is the, this is what the offense looks like with Todd Gurley running. He was an MVP candidate. He got paid. He still had a huge year last year. He just slowed down at the end and, and now has an arthritic knee. I mean, like, it's, it's understandable why the, the Rams thought they could pay Todd Gurley. Uh, Melvin Gordon d- doesn't have a transcendent season that he can hang his hat on and, and demanding some kind of crazy negotiations, but he's been a very good. No, but if guy. you ask me right now who I would rather have Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley I'll take it for a team especially for a team like that that the quarterback is 37 or whatever I want Melvin Gordon no brainer yeah yeah I, I mean, and when I, Melvin Gordon's 100% he's not 100% of Todd Gurley but I don't know that 100% of Todd Gurley exists anymore and you know what I mean give me you know, give me 90% of Melvin Gordon versus 75% of Todd Gurley yeah. if, you know what I mean if, if, if that's how the numbers bore out or whatever Todd Gurley is not Todd Gurley is not 100% Todd Gurley. You're right. Um, okay, so moving along to other uh, players dealing with contract issues. Uh, again, we recorded this at, at like noon on Monday. Today, yesterday was the deadline for new players to hammer out contracts. Just for you know full disclosure, we're not going to mention Grady Jarrett a whole lot here because if Grady Jarrett does work out a deal, we don't want to look like a-holes who have to go back and record a new podcast. I'll add something on if, if, if Grady Jarrett does get a deal, but he and he and the Falcons are sort of trying to bang something out ahead of the deadline or you know tried to bang something out ahead of the deadline, maybe bang something out ahead of the deadline. The more, the one that's more interesting to me is David Clowney, who is on a $16 million franchise tag. And I, I like, I know we're talking about like all like the Melvin Gordon hysteria in July. I feel like there's not enough Jadavian Clowney hysteria in July. Like he's the bigger threat to sit well, out. And right? I feel like there wasn't enough Jadavian Clowney hysteria in February and March yeah. and April, but maybe that was because they were, you know, too busy trying to figure out how to push out, you know, the latest GM who wasn't really a GM. They don't have a GM. I mean, you had D, def- I mean, the time to, to really market Jadavian Clowney 
was the combine when everybody knew they're just squatting on him for another year. There's no way they're coming to terms on a new deal because they don't want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. And he was banged up again last season. And when he's right, he's completely transcendent. You know what I mean? But, when, but he's not right a lot. And he's on the injury list a lot. And there was all kinds of turmoil and tumult there. And the owner had passed away and the son's just getting his feet under. So they weren't going to like, like I, I chuckled at this idea. Like somebody, somebody wrote, Brian Gaines gone because he wanted to pay uh, Clowney, and they didn't. Are you are you kidding me? Like, A, he had no access to the budget. Like, Brian Gaines was not going into the owner's office saying, here's how we should allay our, our resources for next year. Like, that's laughable. It's always going to be the owner's call on any kind of issue like that. And he knew which way the wind was blowing. I mean, when he took that job, he knew that, eh, you know, he don't necessarily really love us, and we don't really love him. And, I mean, at the time they were going through the issues with Dwayne Brown, I was already hearing from people in that building close to that situation that, hey, there's probably not going to be a clowning extension here. So Brian Gaines not a moron. Like, they weren't paying Jadavion. Like, Jadavion Clowney wasn't getting the, the Marcus Lawrence contract from them. It just it, it wasn't happening. So there's two outcomes. He's going to play out the franchise tag or you trade him. Well, like, everybody also knew that, like, D. Ford probably didn't have a long-term future in Kansas City. And with all the Russell Wilson stuff going on, neither did Frank Clark in Seattle. Like, the time to market him and, and, and get more than whatever 2021 20, comp pick you're going to get for him was then. But, you know, it, they were talking to teams and whatever, but that was the time to make the trade. Like, that was, that was a chance to get a real asset or two that you could use for your team this year. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe an offensive lineman. Yeah. So I just felt like during that whole thing, it's like, wait a minute, why are they, you know what I mean? Like, why, why is this not getting done? Why is this not getting done now? And I get it. Maybe part of it is because his health's not great. And, you know, who's the other team on the other side who wants to, to, to pay him long term? But, like, Frank Clark has uber baggage, right? And D Ford was being looked at as a tweener bust up until the middle of last season. So. It's not like they were short things either, but it's pass rush, baby, and it's young pass rush, and it's proven pass rush. I don't know, man. I, I thought that that was the time when it really had to be priority number one for that organization, where if we're being realistic here, and there's no chance this cat's playing a game for us beyond, you know, December 2018, 20, uh, 2019. Right. Then, you know what I mean? Then let's, of, then, then let's get ahead of the D4 to the Frank Clark thing and have an auction for this guy at the Combine. Yeah, and with a bigger name, and you could have, you know, somebody would have given him a deal because he's a pass rusher. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a 10 sack season, but he's been great against the run, better than, I, Frank Clark's been pretty good against the run, but I think Clowney, when he's on the field, um, has been better against the run. I mean, Sneakily has played almost three full seasons in a row. He's just, you know, he's just 26. He won't turn 27 until the, you know, till after the Super Bowl. In, in 2000 and yeah. I, I, I feel like the Texans might sit, might be thinking, all right, we've got a window with Watt and Deshaun Watson, even though our offensive line sucks. Maybe we should try and get squeeze as much as we can out of Clowney. But it, I mean, is there a chance that Clowney doesn't play at all this year? I have a hard time thinking that, you know, I, I, he, he can't be looking at Le'Veon Bell saying I'm that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, He's not that guy. Like, a year from now, Joey Bosa might be that guy. You know what I mean? Two years from now, if he stays healthy. Or, like, you know, you know, Saquon Barkley might be that guy three years from now. But, like, 
Clowney's not that guy right now. He doesn't have the equivalent of, you know, a 2,000 scrimmage yard season. Like, he, he doesn't have the equivalent of, you know, a running back catching 85 balls and, you know what I mean, touching the ball 450 times and being as impactful as he was. Like, he, he doesn't have that going for him. Yeah. I will say that um, one thing that, that, you know, when you think about Clowney, I always think about how he was, you know, he, like, he had the, he had an, okay final season in college, but he already knew he was probably going to be the first overall yeah. pick. Do you think he is more more likely to have a mass season in a contract I year or, balls out. or have I a think, monster I, I think he's, That's why I think he's going to play. I think he's, I'm going to take this 16 from them, and he's probably you're looking at next year's free agent class and all the dudes who will get franchised and saying, okay, well, I mean, like... Demarcus Lawrence, basically. I'll go back to Demarcus Lawrence. Like, Demarcus Lawrence, two years ago... Is he going to be suspended? Isn't he going to be suspended? You know what I mean? Will he ever stay on the field and put it all together? Like, man, when he flashes, he's as good as anybody in the league. But, like, will he be his own worst enemy between injuries and off-field stuff? You know what I mean? You put it together. Like, like even what Olivier Vernon did. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the last year in Miami. And it wasn't, it wasn't dominant, but it was pretty damn good and the right guy at the right time. You can set yourself up, you know, in, in – you know, to the magnitude that will affect generations to come of your family. I mean, you know, unborn generation. Right. He goes out and gets whatever, even like 12 sacks, you know what I mean? And plays the run the way he does and has a couple big plays on, you know, big games. He's going to the head of class. Yeah, and he will get uh, big time paid. Um, okay, a couple other guys that are not franchise tag guys but are looking for new deals. Let's just run through them. Uh, sort of quickly, Julio Jones, you buy it or sell it that, uh, Arthur Blank, Artie Blank's gonna give him that cash like he promised. I think he'll get that cash, but this is, I don't, this isn't Odell Beckham a year ago. You know what I mean? Like, this is third butt at the apple. This is a guy who's now, you know what I mean? In his 30s, like, right? Isn't he 30? Uh, Julio Jones is, I believe, 30, yes. Gotta be right. I mean, I'm, we're talking. He is thirty. Yeah, he'll be uh, eight years he'll be thirty-one after the season. Yeah, the guy in his thirties who's been paid a few times. Um, yes, I, I think they will work something out. Hmm. Um, by the way, the Madden. But that is not a. That's not a. That's not a game changer. You know what I mean? That's not. He's not resetting the wide receiver market. Um, this is totally off topic, but I thought you should know it. The Madden ratings are out. They came out in the quarterback ratings. Uh, Russell Wilson, a 91. Matt Ryan, an 89, just as the good Lord intended. Oh, seems a little close. Have, uh, <laughs> did we roll out everybody's top 100 list? I got to be honest. When I went on vacation, I went on vacation for like the first time in forever. And I didn't even bring my laptop with me to the beach. Did we roll out like everybody's top 100s? I think yesterday top 100 players. I've seen the position group stuff, but have we done like they made me do a top 100 before I left? uh, Yes, I'm guessing hasn't seen the light of day yet. It uh, no, we did a uh, a cumulative top 100. You might have had an individual one that got out there, but we did a cumulative top 100 Mm -hmm. that made it out there. And um, okay, so maybe mine just went into that then, because you know what I mean. Like the last thing I did before I went to the beach was they, you know, they're like you got to rank top 100 players. I think so. Okay, so maybe nobody else saw mine other than our editors. But I had Russell Wilson pretty, pretty high. You had him number three. I could, at one I, point, he was number one. I switched it at the last minute right before I filed. You had, uh, you know, I'm always like, I don't want my list to look at everybody else's. Right. And I'm not, I, I'm okay. I'm not going to like, I, I'm not 
doing it for clickbait because I wasn't even sure. You know what I mean? What they were doing with it. But I, I, I had him at I had him at one for a little while. He well, for a long while. And yeah. then I'm like, no, he's not better than Aaron. Like, I'm going Aaron Donald one. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be that much of a contrarian. But, yeah, I had him up there. No, I, I, I did a lot of projection into mine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was very big on guys I think are ascending versus descending. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know. And Matt Ryan, I don't know if he was in my top 50. He probably <laughs> I love, was. I love Maybe. You. So you've got it in front of you? Yeah. So they did publish it? Uh, yeah, it, uh, well, the full story is up. I have the Google Doc with all the individual rankings in there. Would you like to know? Gotcha. Where? So they didn't publish my individuals then. Um, oh my God, this is on. This guy is unbelievable. Okay, so what? Let's say that you gave Russell Wilson a ninety-eight, meaning that like you get ninety-eight points for Russell Wilson, uh, making him the third. Like you get a hundred points for the best player in the NFL, ninety-nine gotcha. for the second best. You gave him ninety-eight points. Um, how many points would you guess that Pete Prisco gave him? I, I mean, I would have, like, he'd have to be in anybody's top 35, right? Like, you're going to look up, uh, he, how would he not be in anybody's top 32, right? If you're going to just say, okay, the best player off every team, he had to give him at least 70 points. Pete gave him, right? Which would put him in the top 30. He gave him 73 points. He gave Matt Ryan 70, okay. Matt Ryan 74. Okay. <laughs> You gave Matt Ryan. Well, that's not, I mean, look, I, I, like, I obviously don't agree, but that's not, like, it's not like you didn't put him in his top 40 or 50 or something. Right. Yeah. Like you, like you did with Matt Ryan. <laughs> Where did I put Matt Ryan? 35 points. So it's like you're 35. So you're like your 65th overall player in the NFL. So it's fine. No, he was my 35th. No. If you get, I didn't have, did I have him 65? Yeah. He had him like 65. It's fine. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. It's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, okay, so uh, I don't know where we're going with that. Um, uh, Julio Jones, yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's, uh, Bobby Wagner was really high on this top list. Uh, are the Seahawks going to pay Bobby Wagner before the season or wait till after the year and get in a standoff with the franchise tag? Well, that's the thing. They have that to play around with now, you know? I sure. mean, that was sort of the undercurrent to the whole Russell thing was, well, if they get him done, then um, – I wouldn't rule a, I wouldn't rule a deal out. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out, but that they've got a lot. They've, they've got a fair amount of leverage. Um, they do. What about Yannick Ngakwe? Deal or no deal? They better start signing somebody there. Like they better like. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, They're so not paying Jalen Ramsey. Like you know what I mean? Like what? what I mean, Clay's Campbell. It, like, unless I'm missing something and, like, time works backwards for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, they, they, that should get done. Okay. Uh, Chris Jones and the Chiefs. He has to report by 8-6 or else he becomes a restricted free agent next year instead of an unrestricted free yeah, agent. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. They've got so much leverage there, and they've spent so much on that defense already. I, I mean, I, it's not a guy I see them letting leave the building, but I, I'm not – I don't know that it happens – ASAP. Mm, interesting. Uh, and Duke Johnson, who signed with Drew Rosenhaus, still wants to be traded. Is he on the Browns or on someone else's roster by the time the season starts? I, I mean, I, I, to me, the Kareem Hunt thing lines up perfectly. He comes back right after the deadline, right? Uh, yeah, because he's out eight weeks. That's right. Comes back week eight. So, 
I think they could trade him, but I don't see any reason why. I don't know why you'd do it now. He should have never done that extension. I mean, that ex- yeah. he got whatever, bad advice or, you know, ultimately the players got to decide, but that, that, that was botched. And now they've got an incredible amount of leverage and they have a need and he's going to have a chance to catch some balls, especially the first half of the season. And he's an explosive player. I've always thought he'd been one of the most slept on players in the league, but just when it looked like he was going to take off there, you know what I mean? You came in and botched the whole thing. And now obviously they've got a really deep backfield when everybody's back, but one of those guys doesn't come back till the second half of the season. So I don't, I, I wouldn't trade him before week one. And, and that doesn't seem to be the mode that they're in. I, I, I think he's got to play into the season and then we'll see. I mean, I'm, would I'm... you trade him? Why would you trade him now? No. What if Nick Chubb goes down week three? Like you're trying to get, you're trying to, you're trying to win that division for the first time in forever. Like why? Like and what are you really going to get for Duke for Duke Johnson? That's going to help you now. I mean, and even in the future, like ah. I'm, I'm with you. I don't man. know, man. I'm with you. They I, seem fairly stuck in on that one, and I and I get it. I don't blame them. Uh, all right, Duke Johnson probably sticking around. I don't blame him. By the way, Todd Gurley, the top ranked. Running back in Madden. I don't know about that. Not, uh, might not have him as a 97 and Saquon Barkley as a 91. Uh, surely that's going to be messed up. I'm confused by all this. Anyway, uh, let's get out of here. This has been long enough for rambling about Madden ratings at, at this point. That's my fault. Um, Jason Lacanfora. Follow him on J- at Jason Lacanfora on Twitter. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. And uh, we'll talk soon, buddy. Sounds good, my friend. Have a good week. You too.